And let's get ready to pod here on 99 Pod. It's not 1999 anymore podcast. And you know what we do on this show. We do it every week. And now we shall speak. So let it be written. So let it be done. Those Shadamis is on the mic. And I have my co-host on the mic with me. Zach is in the building. And there's a lot to talk about right now, especially when you look at the NFL. Can't you tell? We are almost halfway through the season. And we are here for a reason. The NBA is coming back next week as well. We're going to give you some content in the field of that as well. Some boxing, you know, stuff later on in the week. But once again, like I said, now we shall speak. So make sure before we do, y'all like and subscribe to the channel. You see it at the bottom. You don't want to miss out on any and plenty of new content that we have coming out your way because it's coming like an avalanche. But anyway, my guy Zach is in the building. He looks ready. Zach, what's going on, my guy? Well, happy to be here as always, and it is crazy that we are now done with the first six weeks of the NFL season, and I'm looking forward to being here today uh, with you talking about all the games that uh, went on this weekend, and it's crazy. Like, we say it every week, the season just flies by, the weather outside, it's getting colder and colder, and what a Sunday we just experienced this past week. I feel like going in, it may not necessarily have been the most hyped up Sunday, like there weren't really a ton of quality like big time games that you just circle on the calendar but it was a great weekend of football and I just wanted to give a shout out to my New York Jets for picking up just a massive massive victory over the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, I just saw this before we started recording today so it's the most watched broadcast that Jet Eagle game was since the Super Bowl clocking in at an average of 26.9 million viewers and it was great that all of America was able to watch that big win uh, by the New York Jets. So I'm feeling pumped up about my team. I'm feeling pumped up to be here, and let's get it. Absolutely, Zach. And I just want to give a shout-out quickly to all the co-hosts and contributors to this show who contribute to this show on a regular basis. You know, guys like Zay, guys like, you know, my cousin Fred who comes on, you know, and, and Zach, of course, you. You know, we put in the work. We've been putting in the work for the last couple of years. So I just want to highlight that to know that everybody here is appreciated and their time they invest into the show is always appreciated. And those who like and subscribe to the channel and tune us in as well. But anyway, I'm definitely and ready. Our, to our guy coach too. Go ahead. Can't, can't forget him. Who? Our guy coach. Can't of, forget co him. of course. I can't forget about coach. Coach, you know, it's all love my guy. He's been with us for a couple of years as well. A lot of people, man. I'm forgetting a lot of names. I'm, you know, sure I am, but you know, y'all know my heart is in the right place. But anyway, it's time to get it in with our first topic that we have right now because last night it was a game, and the Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert showed us the blame for the loss to the Cowboys. I can play a lot better. Should Justin Herbert's elite quarterback status come into question after last night's outing, Zach? Yeah, well, so that was such a fascinating game for a lot of reasons. It, it was very back and forth, and it just felt like, and this was very on cue for both teams, no one wanted to go out there and take a game that was really right there on the table for either team to go and get it. And I'll admit that that was not a very good game by Justin Herbert at all last night. It really feels like, you know, we've been watching him for the past three years uh, since he entered the NFL coming out of Oregon, and I cannot remember a time that he ever looked that bad and he played as bad as he did last night and the harsh reality when it comes to the Los Angeles Chargers and this team is when Justin Herbert isn't playing well and he's playing poorly 
this team is just not really going to have a chance to win many games, especially when you're going up against the Dallas Cowboys and that team. And the reason for that is because their defense, it's just not good enough. They don't make enough plays. And in that case, we have to look at the head coach of this team and the guy who's running it. And that's Brandon Staley. And the thing with Staley is it just feels like every single time he's coaching in a game and there's a big fourth down, whether he decides to go for it when they should have punted or whether uh, they kick when they should have went for it. Like, I just feel like every single situation and every single time this guy gets himself into a crucial fourth down, he just doesn't execute and, and it doesn't end well for this charger team. And at the end of the day, the best thing about football, the best thing about the NFL is that it's just a results oriented business. It's very black and white. You know, you're either going to win games or you're going to lose games. You're either going to get the fourth down or you're not going to get the fourth down. And it just feels like every single time this guy is in just a crucial opportunity uh, and a big play, he fails and the chargers don't execute. And he could talk all he wants about, Oh, the process. And we believe in what we're doing here. But at the end of the day, when you're not winning, you could only say those quotes and those, uh, just words he uses for so much. Like this is now the third year of Brandon Staley coaching the Los Angeles Chargers. And I haven't really seen anything within those three years that he does particularly well. I don't really know what his strengths are. He's supposed to be a defensive guy, but usually his defense just gets torched, especially when they're going up against the good quarterbacks. And I just feel like when you look at this Chargers team, they should have made a change at the end of last year when they blew that playoff game uh, to the Jaguars, a historical blown lead. And while the blame could be pointed on Justin Herbert, sure, he didn't play great last night. Um, there, He obviously could have played better. But I do feel like it would have been good once for this Chargers coaching staff to just help their players out a little bit. And I feel like as well, when you look at his decision making, there's no logic behind it. There's no reason. And when you have a team with this talented of a roster, there's no reason for you to only be putting up 17 points against the Dallas Cowboys. I know that's a really good defense, but this team has too much talent to be doing that. And in the post-game press conference, I know, you know, everyone loves him. Everyone tried to crown him as some great coach a couple of years ago because he likes calling the media members by their first name and say, oh, that's a very insightful question. Let me think about that. Like, I know people want to like him. He looks when you, when you just see him, there are some aspects of him that make you say, Oh, he could be a good coach. No, he has to go. And the, the bottom line is like, if you're the chargers and you have Justin Herbert, a quarterback, you're paying a lot of money to, you need a different coach because Brandon Staley is not getting the job done. And I think when it comes to Herbert and his elite status, we could have our conversations, but the bottom line is you get into that elite status by winning games and when Brandon Staley's your head coach, even with a talent, a quarterback as talented as Justin Herbert, you're just not going to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, where can I start? We all know I'm a Justin Herbert guy here on the show. I don't think there's nobody on the show that rep Justin Herbert as much as I do, you know. And we're going to break that down, you know, in a few minutes about the elite quarterback status. I just want to begin with this, right? When you play in the NFL – it's a privilege, right? When you play on Monday Night Football, that's a privilege. Bad teams don't play on Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is the most sacred game in the NFL, period. Okay? To be put on that game. I'm not talking about Sunday night, right? And that's sacred, too. I'm not talking about Rinky Dink, Amazon Prime, Thursday night. I'm not talking about Sunday morning or, you know, game of the week. Monday Night Football is an honor and a privilege. 
And when you're given $260 million as a quarterback, it's a privilege, right? Playing quarterback in general in the NFL is a privilege. They get all the love when things go right. But, you know, they're going to get the hate when things go bad as well. That's almost the equivalent, right, of Moses in the Bible leading the Israelites to the promised land. God chose you out of all people he could have chose. He could have chose me, even though I wasn't born yet. He could have made me and then choose me. But he chose you to lead the people out of bondage to the promised land. The franchise chose Justin Herbert to lead their franchise out of the abyss, which they were the last couple of years. They have no fans to the promised land and unfortunately last night he did not deliver and when you talk about one particular theme that i really focused on heading into this matchup from the offseason when i saw it on the schedule to last night was Kellen moore trying to get revenge against the team that fired him if you're herbert and you're my guy you gotta deliver that victory for your guy i mean you see the memes all on social media my guy really wanted that game bad, and he had a quarterback that literally, to me, is still elite. I'm not going to let these, you know, overreacting fools on the internet overreact to one game. I mean, when a lot of people, even our dear friend, co-host of this show, Zay, he's overrated. I'm hearing it a lot. You know, that's not the first time I heard it last night. He's overrated. He's not overrated. Okay? He's been carrying this franchise for the last couple of years. Okay? And I remember a couple of years ago, right against the Raiders, who lost him that game? It was not Justin Herbert. He connected on multiple fourth downs, okay? And long, it was Brandon Staley who lost him that game. And last year in the wild card, I get it. They blew a lead, but they were supposed to run that clock out. That, that ball was supposed to be out of Justin Herbert's hands once they had that lead. It should have been on Austin Eckler's hands, okay? So once again, coaching lost him that game. Now, I'm not going to just, you know, barricade blame here. Yeah, last night he was off. He wasn't getting through on his reads early. He was very late on his reads. He was very inaccurate. He missed Quentin Johnson a few times. Could have got the rookie involved. He missed Keenan Allen, you know, down the field a lot. He was inaccurate. It was a bad game, right? There was one play in particular where he missed Austin Eckler. I think he threw it to him late, once again, being late on the reads. And Eckler was tackled, made that drive more suspenseful because they had to go for it. They connected. But that should have been a touchdown, you know, automatically without the theatrics. Right. There was another drive in particular where, um, you know, he just missed people. And when you talk about the things that can happen in a football game, there's a lot of things that can happen. Football is a game of inches. We talk about that first drive. They get the ball. They move the ball down the field, overcoming a couple flags on the play. And he threw the ball to Austin Eckler, who had blockers in front of him for a wide open touchdown, for a walking touchdown, rather. And the ball got knocked down by Dexter Lawrence. Made a good play. Those things happen. But once again, when you're making $260 million, it's a privilege. And Justin Herbert, for all intents and purposes, did not show up in the fourth quarter when he needed to. I'm not a guy that faked the funk. I'm not a guy that's not going to call a spade a spade. He needs to be better. I'm pretty sure he knows that. And I'm pretty sure he will be better. So if we want to talk about elite quarterback. That's up for y'all to decide what an elite quarterback is, right? What's your definition? Not the mainstream definition, right? Not what Undisputed is telling you to believe. Not what Colin Cowherd is telling you to believe. First take, what do y'all believe is an elite quarterback? And Zach, real quickly, before I pass the mic back to you, it's simple. If I had an offense 
with skilled positions. You know, um, wide receivers, one and two, check. Offensive line, check. Defenses, check. And I need one quarterback who am I calling. That's why I define a elite quarterback. Or if I need multiple quarterbacks, who are those guys I'm calling? I'm calling Patrick Mahomes. I'm calling Josh Allen. I'm calling Joe Burrow. And I'm calling Justin Herbert. And that's why I leave it. Yeah, I think it's interesting because from a Chargers perspective, the thing that made last night so frustrating was the game really was there to be had. And honestly, you know, we could get into the Cowboys side of things a little bit later if we have time. But Dak Prescott, he wasn't particularly great throughout last night's game, but he did make two big time plays on the third and eight to Pollard and on the big uh, touchdown throw to Cooks. That was a great throw. Like he made the two big plays and that was really with that defense all they needed uh, to get over the top. And when the Cowboys are out here fumbling the ball on punt returns, it felt like they were doing everything they could to kind of keep the Chargers and maybe even give the Chargers that game and they couldn't take it. And once again, I just feel like when you have so much talent on this team like they do, putting up 17 points in a game like that, it's just not enough. And even against Dallas's defense, who's really good, with that offensive talent and Kellen Moore, who was supposed to be the guy that fixed everything, that's a disappointing effort. And that's my ne the next question I have for you, Will, is like I know part of the reason why you were really high on the Chargers going into the season was that Kellen Moore hire. And that was a controversial exit, Mike McCarthy uh, letting him go in Dallas. I believe the quote was, Kellen just wants to put up points where I just want to run the ball. Like, wasn't this supposed to be the missing piece for at least this Chargers offense to unlock the ceiling and to just be like a little bit more explosive? Even against a, a Dallas defense that's really good, I just came away very unimpressed with Kellen Moore in that offense last night in general. Yeah, there's a couple things, right? Obviously, when you looked at it on paper, Kellen Moore, very innovative. He loves to throw the rock a lot. You know, he likes to light up the scoreboard, according to Mike McCarthy. When you drew that connection to Justin Herbert, a guy that normally, outside of last night, strong arm, he can make the throws that other quarterbacks can't, right? He's very accurate. Normally, last night wasn't the, you know, pitcher, wasn't what we want to see. But that's why we, we looked at that and we was like, listen, this could be a match made in heaven. But we have to also be realistic that not everything is going to click automatically. Justin Herbert has had multiple offensive coordinators. We're talking about three offensive coordinators. They only been in the league, what, for four years. That's not good. That can kill a development. So there's a growing period, right? And even though guys like myself want to see the Chargers smoking a blazing, immediately and you could argue they were they just couldn't run the football outside of week one because week one they ran the football they had about 234 yards on the ground three touchdowns and they had like a little committee going with austin eckler and um joshua kelly right and then after that eckler goes down he gets hurt miss a couple weeks they come run the football he comes back he's rusty he couldn't run the football last night that's more pressure on justin herbert and you're talking about a guy who just had an off night. Now, unfortunately for Justin Herbert, with people watching your money, right? Because when we see $260 million, right, there's a different level of, okay, I'm watching you closely. It's on prime time. They're not going to give you that out to have a bad game. But it's funny because just like with Kellen Moore and how I wanted Justin Herbert to win that game for Kellen Moore last year in the same predicament, Mike McCarthy went to Green Bay a team that fired him and Dak Prescott threw two, three interceptions in that game and lost in that game. 
right? But guess what? In this game, he bounced back. So it's the NFL. You're going to have good games. You're going to have bad games. Dak Prescott, he did this thing last night. Yeah, he did. He improvised. That play to Pollard that you referenced, that was him with, with great improv. He was able to make something out of nothing, and that play ended up going for 60 yards. Dak will have those games and moments where he make good plays, and then he had those games where he's not going to make good plays. The problem is with Justin Herbert to me, and this may not be anything football-related because I do believe in the guy's talent. I just think he needs to play with a chip on his shoulder a little bit more. The NFL is not for Prince Charmings. They don't belong in the NFL. It's a grinded-out sport. It's a tough sport, and he needs to play with a chip on his shoulder. One thing about Dak Prescott, and I don't believe there's a world where he's better than Justin Herbert, even after the victory last night. But one thing I can say about Dak Prescott is that he always plays with a chip on his shoulder. You can see it and read it just watching him and watching his face. He plays with that chip. So he'll have his moments where it was like last night where he wins the game and he have his moments where he loses the game. But he always plays with that chip. Justin Herbert needs more dog in him. And if he can get that dog in him, then maybe, just maybe, he could save this Chargers franchise that definitely needs a lot of saving right now. So I think that's a really interesting point you bring up. And I think, first of all, like, do you see any connection with that attitude towards Brandon Staley? Because I feel like Brandon Staley is the coach. Like I said, I, I don't really know many things that he does well. The one thing I could point to, I guess, is it seems like he's a player's coach. Like it seems like the players like him. It seems like he has a pretty good relationship with the players. But at the end of the day, like we both know Brandon Staley should not be the one coaching this team next season. So that's why I want to look at like, what should this Charger team do after this season? And and do they na- maybe need a coach not named Brandon Staley that could get that dog out of Herbert? Absolutely. You know, they could have, you know, obviously old news is old news, but Sean Payton was the guy that I would have liked for them to hire. And I understand what's going on in Denver right now, but Denver was a shit show before Sean Payton took over that job. You know, Justin Herbert, and before I get back to the coaching, I just want to make this point. Justin Herbert, believe it or not, is more talented physically than Phillip Rivers, who got this team to the playoffs constantly and won playoff games, got to an AFC championship game. When you look at his talent and you look at Justin Herbert's talent, Justin Herbert is in a different code, right? Even Brees, right? Like the guy before Phillip Rivers. You could make the argument Herbert has much more natural talent than him. I could make the same argument as well. Salute to Drew Brees. But we're talking about Herbert with a cannon. For norm right here, okay? Yes, I do agree. There's no reason why they can't win, but coaching has to be replaced. You know, Brandon Staley has to be replaced by a coach that's going to be able to not only only have the backings of the locker room, but is also going to install discipline. These players lack discipline. I'm looking at Derwin James. He gave up 30 yards worth of penalties, unnecessary roughness, right on a play where he hit. I think it was Todd in Ferguson that resulted in the Cowboys ending that drive with a field goal. There was another roughing the passer on Dak Prescott. You need a coach that's going to install discipline. If you're going to make penalties like that, I don't care who you are. You're not going to play. And I think when you talk about this, and I'm going to end here, Bill Belichick in you know New England, it's not looking good right now with New England and Bill Belichick. And maybe Robert Kraft has the balls to fire or part ways, however you want to slice it, right? Mutual parting ways with Bill Belichick. 
And maybe Bill Belichick is on the market somewhere. And maybe Justin Herbert is a guy that he should want to coach. And he could bring those things that I'm talking about, discipline and not killing yourselves. Don't get me wrong. The Patriots are doing that right now, right? It's, it's a different time with the Patriots, but things get stale. I think that would be a great fit. But whether it's Bill Belichick, whether it's Mike Tomlin, whether it's whoever, Brandon Staley got to go. Yeah, so on that point, I've heard Belichick's name a lot this morning just talking about uh, this job and because we thought it might open going uh, last offseason, but there's no doubt with Justin Herbert, with that stadium so far, it's crazy nice, like living in Los Angeles, that is a very, very appealing job when it inevitably opens up. So a lot of people said Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. Those are like the two names I felt like everyone's talking about. But the issue is, like, Dean Spanos has to pay those guys. I don't think those guys are coming to L.A. for just a chump change. Like, you got to make those guys probably the highest paid coaches in the NFL or they're not coming there. That's why I think they didn't hire Sean Payton and move on from Staley after the Jaguar game was because they had to pay him the big, the big bucks. And Dean Spanos, he idolizes his savings account. It's probably going to have to pay uh, pain him to get rid of Brandon Staley a year early and fire all those coaches on his staff. Like that is something he's not going to want to do. But with the way things are going right now, they have to do it. And the issue is too, Brandon Staley, you need a coach that can not only get you to the playoffs like he did, but win in the playoffs once you get there. And I have one name I'll throw. And uh, I was thinking about it. I, I think this would be a great hire for this Chargers team because you need a guy that is going to get to the playoffs and win and you want to beat the Chiefs in the AFC West. This has been a team that has been running this division for the last decade, it seems like. And who else knows that team better than Eric Bieniemy? I think that would be a guy that you bring in right now. He's done a really good job in Washington so far this season. And he's kind of the opposite of Brandon Staley, right? I, I said the one thing that you could maybe say Staley does well is he's friendly with the players and they like him. But Eric Bieniemy is the opposite. We remember Ron Rivera throwing him under the bus for being too hard on the players this offseason. And I feel like maybe that's kind of what this Charger team needs right now to get the dog out of all those players, like you mentioned. And he, no one knows the Chiefs better than him. And we we, we just uh, had that revenge game last night between Kellen Moore and his former team. Could you imagine a revenge game in the future with Eric Bieniemy and his former team, especially in the same division? Here's the dilemma with that, though, because everything you said was right. We need that coach that's going to bring out the dog in these players. When you're a losing franchise, when you always lose in four quarters and you, you're always losing by three, I think every game they lost, they lost by three or less, right? You need a coach that's going to bring that dog out of you. I get it. But the dilemma here is, will he still call plays? And what does that mean for a guy like Kellen Moore who's calling plays right now? Yeah, bye. You're part of Staley's staff out the door. Like, it's one year. It hasn't worked. You got to give Biennemi full control if you're going to bring him in. And that's where we talk about this development thing where you're talking about another coach slash coordinator. Basically, we're going to look at him as an offensive coordinator, even though he's going to be a coach because he's calling the plays. Another coordinator for Justin Herbert, which will be his fourth in the X amount of years. That's not I good. Mean these are the mistakes you make, though, when you decide to keep Brandon Staley for way too long. Like, you know, th th these are the consequences. I agree. I agree. Just my last point here, you know, just from a broad scale, Cowboys and Chargers here. I just think it was a bad football game last night. It was a terrible football game. You know, I couldn't believe my eyes and what I was watching. I felt like I was getting a flag every two plays. I mean, you're talking about 
The Chargers being flagged nine times for 79 yards. We're talking about the Cowboys being flagged 11 times for 85 yards. It was bad football all around. Mike McCarthy, he's driving down the field at halftime, before halftime, and he decides with eight seconds left to allow the clock run out instead of throwing the ball. That tells me that you don't trust your quarterback to make a good play. That was a terrible, you know, mismanagement right there. And that's something that we always see with Mike McCarthy, right? He's not a terrible play caller. Yes, the Cowboys offense could be much better and much more creative in the red zone and all that. But game management, clock management, situational football, which is kind of the same issues that we see on the other side with Brandon Staley. Two bad football teams, but one team had to win, and that team was the Cowboys. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. You've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. All ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.